Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Well, all right, everybody. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome. I have someone on today that's near and dear to my heart. And I, I'm honestly kind of shocked I haven't had Don Keithley on sooner, but I guess we got there. <laughs> Welcome, Don. It's so great to have you. Thank you. So good to be here. It really is. I've looked forward to this ever since we booked it. Uh, you've just done some amazing things, and I'm glad that we finally are able to uh, make a connection here. Isn't that, uh, that's beautiful. And thank you. It's an honor for me. And I was kind of chatting with Don beforehand a little bit about his background. Um, he, you've been o- in over 50 years of ministering, which is right. in one form or the other, uh, which is actually incredible. And you still really love people. You're still loving God. <laughs> he loves you. And that's quite a statement that it, it with everything you've gone through, and we were talking about some of the things that you've gone through, that it's not soured you uh, to following this lovely God and, and to people who are, you know, really lovely. They just don't always act like it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I think I, I found in grace circles, the, the entire climate and people are totally different than what I, I worked with for so many years. Uh, you know, I, I've been I've been over 50 years. My my running buddies, Steve McVeigh and Malcolm Smith, uh, they call me junior because they've both been in ministry longer than I have. Malcolm, we just celebrated <laughs> his his uh, believe it or not, his 70th year in ministry uh, a, f- a couple of months ago. And man, the man is just amazing. So, yeah, Steve and Malcolm uh, are, are great connections. But yeah, I've I've come a long way. I've traveled a lot of miles. Uh, pastoring was pretty much my life for from 1969 to 2019. Uh, I started. I, I was a denominational pastor and went went through the preacher factory, what I call the preacher factory seminary. With uh, my background was Church of the Nazarene, which is very legalistic. That was uh, my my first pit stop, my first foray when I started. Is that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's and, it's changed now. It's much more liberal than it was when I was growing up. When I was growing up, we didn't we didn't uh, roller skate. We didn't go to the beach. We didn't eat out on Sunday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it was very legalistic. So I, I came through that whole mode. So when I hit Grace, I pastored two churches. Little, my first church was a little church up in Wisconsin. Then I was in Flint, Michigan after that, much bigger church. But I always had it in my heart to start a church from scratch in a big city. So I moved to Houston and uh, and started a church at a uh, hotel room, actually. Wow. And uh, went on from there. That was about 1979, 1980 and went till 2019 when I retired from the building which I never thought I'd retire from the building, but the last couple of years, I just felt an urge to come on and do online ministry and to broaden out a little bit. So we, we did that, but uh, my life changed radically when I began to understand grace. And for me, it was such a radical shift from uh, after I started the church, I was pretty much a mixture message guy. I, I believed in grace, but I also believed that when you, to really trigger grace required that you obey God, you be dedicated. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can't just pour this stuff out on anybody. So 
there, there was a part that I played, then God would do his part. It's very transactional. Yeah. If I did, God would do. If I didn't do, then God wouldn't do. Exactly. And so I raised people in that that concept. And um, when I had a sudden change in uh, 2000, I thought everybody was going to be excited. I thought everybody was going to be happy. Uh, I came back from a sabbatical. The church every year would send us on a sabbatical to Florida. They had a we had a beach house. They would send us there for a month. So when I was getting light of this, I just packed up a box full of books and went. And, st- and I came back after that month so excited. And the first Sunday that I shared, grace apart from law and works and human efforts and started getting the whole thing. I found out real quick people, <laughs> I trained them real well. They weren't real receptive to, to not have do in their life mm-hmm. rather than just be. So that's when we began to, to really get into this and, then as time went along, people began to gravitate to the church because of the message that I was teaching. Houston's a big town, big city. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is you can always start over with you've got millions of people. Mm-hmm. If I'd have done it in a city town, I probably would have had a real problem because it's hard to change course in a real small town. Yeah. So we came through that. And uh, I, one of the things I'm real proud of is that we started Global Grace Seminary 10 years ago. Yeah. When I first came into this message, there was there was no place to get information. In 2000, I would get a, a video here, a book there, a tape there. I'd hear Baxter or mm-hmm. uh, you know, Francois, somebody, but there was nothing concrete. So I felt that we really needed to have something for this for this grace explosion that was going on worldwide, where people could come and actually be educated and get a degree. So I began to contact Steve McVeigh, Malcolm, Francois, Baxter, you know, everybody that I knew was teaching the message and told them what I wanted to do. And they were all on board. So we developed Global Grace Seminary. And we now, 10 years later, I guess we have maybe 700 students, 750 students. We have bachelor's degree, master's degree. And we just recently added added a doctor of theology and doctor of ministry. So um, that's all been going well. So I'm president of that. That keeps me somewhat busy along with the online stuff. So it's been a great journey and I wouldn't change any part of it uh, at all. And I would just say to anybody that's coming out of a legalistic church or you're just beginning to get the message, I would just say to you, don't don't be angry (laughs) at at years that you spent or feel it were wasted. Because when I look back, everything that I learned, everything that was added to my life in those early years, I think set a great foundation and help you to understand better where people are coming from. And so you don't, you don't judge them so hard when they still hang on to some of the, some of the, the vestiges of their old religious way. So it, it helps you to develop. So I'm not a big fan of deconstruction. I'm, I'm more about shining light when you shine light, the darkness goes. So yeah. I'm all about revelation and learning truth. And as you do that, it seems like stuff just falls off naturally. So yeah, it's beautiful. That's kind of, yeah. It's kind of God's, God's way of, you know, when you're, when you are tender and open and whatever, God is, I, I do believe it says somewhere that, you know, the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into all truth. And we can yes. we rest on that. Like he's really good at his job. Uh, yes. Amazing. When we are open, open to hear. Uh, yes. Is, which is incredible, which actually takes a lot of pressure off, even as we're teaching. And given that, you know, uh, 
we're still growing, right? And, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're agree with that. And so, you know, it's not like we have every duck in a row, but our ducks are looking better. <laughs> and the, the power to me is is grace. And my, my, my favorite definition of grace, and it hits on just to your point, I think grace is a divine influence that produces effortless change as you rest in him. I began to teach this message. Some of the people that I had pastored 25, 30 years had never changed at all. I mean, they fought the same battles, the same devils, the same problems. But when you begin to rest and let his divine influence produce an effortless change, there were areas in my life that I had, I couldn't change. I had problems with. And all of a sudden I found out I was different. I was changing and I hadn't really made an effort through my discipline, my my dedication, my hours in the prayer room, my, my spiritual warfare. You know, I, I was a warrior, man. I'd spend hours in the prayer room, spiritual warfare, and, but nothing really changed. But I found when I really began to rest in him, that this influence that he pro- began to produce inside of my life changed me in ways that were amazing to me. And I would just look in the mirror and see see the change. And I think that's what that to me is the power of what grace does. It's so it's so beautiful. And I love that because having been someone who just personality wise, um, you know, I could uh, you know, I could power through, I could do, I could do, 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 do. It was all about and I reached yes. a point, I was just exhausted. Like if if it's dependent on me, we're we're in deep doo-doo because I, I'm yes. and uh and the the freedom of learning, oh wow, it's really not dependent on you it's not like you don't cooperate but you're just receptive and open uh right. to the one who is the power behind all of it and it was so freeing but it, it yes. took a lot to in my mindset that it was all on me and all about you know you go from works in one area to works in some in another place and yes. uh, that is like oh, i'm all about rest like i'm good you you can actually rest but i think part of the challenge and I'd be interested to see how you feel about this, that where we have a problem with this rest message is that we have a hard time trusting in how good God is. And so, you know, you can only rest where you have trust in his goodness and that he's for you and that, you know, all of that, and that, and that will actually work. And so, and I think that's, for me, I think that's the grappling issue. It's like I can, I because control is always a, there's a fear driver, which means yeah. I can't rest because I'm afraid. Like yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. He won't do it. You know, whatever. He's mad right. at me. <laughs> I'm not good enough. I think yeah. Well, grace led me to a lot of different things. The first thing that I began to see after grace was I began to see the fatherhood of God, mm-hmm. and I. I think this is a a foundational place of security for us. And I would sit in my, I remember sitting in my office at church and I had a tablet and I would write down everything that a perfect father would be, you know, and and the more I I listed out, I began to get a revelation of, of what the father was about. And when I, when I began to think about just, I have, I have two daughters and I begin to think about the love that I have for them. And what would they, what would they have to do to incur my eternal wrath 
<laughs> that I would see, I would, I would sentence them to a customized torture chamber to burn in fire forever. What would they have to do to me? Would they have to reject me, spit in my face? None of that. There's no possible way. So when I saw that, it began to give me a real secure feeling about my position as a son. And that obviously led me then to unconditional love. And unconditional love for me was a big one because I'd always felt the father was a father of unconditional love if I met the conditions. <laughs> there were conditions I had to meet. My me friend. Yeah. Yes. So true. Yeah. To, to merit the unconditional love. But when I began to take all the conditions off and coupled that with the fatherhood of God, there was nothing I could do to deter his fatherhood of me and that he loved me unconditionally. Then I began to see this thing of inclusion where it, it involved all of us. It wasn't just those that prayed the magic prayer, wasn't those that were water baptized or part of a particular denomination, but he was a father who had unconditional love for everybody. Absolutely. Then the fourth foundation that really stuck with me was that his mercy endures forever, that you cannot exhaust it. Uh, he's, time means nothing to him. He's, everything we do is linear. We have a beginning and an end, but he's circular. There is no beginning. There is no end. Uh, I forget which Psalm it is, Psalm 139, maybe that's 26 times says his mercy endures forever. They're new every morning. So and they're tender, tender mercies. He's not grumpy about it. Like I'll be merciful, but watch out. They're tender. Yes. Is that the heart of a father? Yes. The kids so, are just messed up. Yeah, go ahead. When, when, you, when you begin to integrate those into your life, then it allows you to feel secure. At least it did for me. And I found real security in that. And then that, that began to open up a lot of other doors. I began to read my Bible with different eyes. Ooh, yeah. uh, it, in fact, I, there were times I would take my Bible and I would look at it and say, is this the same Bible I've been reading for years? I, I would hit a verse and I'd say, why didn't I ever see that before? Right. Well, and the scary thing, I agree. And I would have it highlighted, underlined little notes on the side. It's like, I have never yes. read this before. I, it is, it is quite a phenomenon. <laughs> when you come through new new lenses yeah. and filters. Yeah, it's, sorry. It's the same book, but you're looking at it through a different lens. Right. When you read it through the lens of the fatherhood of God, unconditional love, inclusion, mercy that endures forever, and you just rest back in him and say, look, I can't, there's not much I can do to change me. I've proven that. <laughs> now right. it's up to you. Right. But if I, if I screw up, you still love me just as much. I'm still a son. I'm still included. You still extend mercy to me. So I, it, it takes the fear of failure out. It does. And then, and which means you can risk now, because if, if, if you're just yes. regardless, now you can risk and, you know, then that, do you know, their God shall be, do exploits, right? So there's exploits, yes. there's things that God has for us to do that are audacious. And so yes. it takes the risk out of it. It takes the risk of, you know, well, there's risk in it, but it takes the fear out of it because love is not on the line. His approval is not on the line. His exactly. Is, there's nothing on the line. And then it becomes an adventure. It's like, and you're doing it in this seamless union with him. So it's not just you. And you're operating as a son or a daughter out of that place where all those things are already true. And they're, they're not subject to change, which is incredibly freeing. I, the, you hit the key word and that is journey. This is a journey and it should be an exciting journey. Uh, you know, previously we made everything about afterlife. 
where are you going to spend eternity? You know, heaven or hell? And that's everything is geared that way. But now that we've we've hit this this gold mine and it's get and it gets gooder and gooder as we go, yeah. then there's no fear in it. You you can explore. Uh, there used to be authors I would never read because I was afraid those devils would would jump on me. Right? Yeah, you get infected. <laughs> now I I read wide. I read deep. I don't necessarily agree with everything but i'm finding that a lot of things maybe i didn't used to agree with and i'm beginning to see okay there's a little bit of truth in this exactly. truth comes exactly. down a lot of pathways to us yeah. truth is truth i don't care where it comes from if it's truth it's truth yeah. so living in this position frees us to explore because it is a journey mm-hmm. and I, I I can always tell where people are in their journey because when you talk about something new or maybe something they hadn't considered, if they argue with you, they're still they're still stuck in religion. Their security is in what they believe. Yeah, my security is not what I believe anymore because it, it it adjusts continually. It crystallizes. It gets sharper. So I, I'm not hung up in what I believe. My security is in my relationship. To a loving father who has included me and extends mercy continually. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm free to and explore. And that never changes, right? So it's not Absolutely. like, okay, I'm good until I'm not. I love you till I don't. I'm gracious till I'm not. I'm merciful till I'm wrathful. None of that. Yes. Um, None of that. Ne- never, never changes. So that is where you're, and so you're free to explore. And I, I, I personally, you know, when I, as I engage with God, as I'm grappling with things, because there's always something new to grapple with, which is really fun. Um, you know, you, you, you are free to grapple because God yes. loves that he's with you in the grappling and loves that it, it, it because it, it's turning your attention and your affection towards him to, to try to understand something. And he encourages that with his kids. So you're incredibly free. You're incredibly secure. You're not going to fall off the cliff um, right. You know, uh, if you ask these irreverent questions or you read a book that, you know, some a book other than the yes. Bible or maybe something yes. you know, that's that's from another perspective, that's not maybe a Christian perspective, but there's a lot of Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh, he's able to help keep you in that. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, rest in that. And I, I, always, I feel absolutely. pleasure in it as we do that. So sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And. Uh, not being fearful, getting past—I mean, getting past the this thing of fearing God—yeah—is uh, huge for people because in, most of the time in church, it, it's the stick and the carrot. You know, the carrot is God's blessing, heaven. And then there's the stick of the law and the fear of hell that's always beating you from behind, right. and you're trying to reach right. this carrot in front, but you never get there. And so you're afraid to try to do anything that will inhibit your progress. Boy, that's true. As, as if our eternal position in God or the afterlife is dependent on this, but this is, it's about a relationship where we're growing in the knowledge and then grace and peace is, is released in that, which is incredible. And, uh, and, and, and it, it is exciting. That's, that's when it gets to be fun you know, you Absolutely. have a lot of sticking power, you know, 50 and, years and you're actually, I don't know, are you more excited today oh, than you were? I am, seems like it. I am more, I'm more excited and fired up and pushing forward than I have in my whole life because it's like you're looking on a whole different field now. There's a whole 
your vision is entirely different. So I'm getting younger every day in, in, uh, in my perspective and the way I see things and uh, I'm I, being renewed every day. You know, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And which is a big part of this whole process to me is waiting on him, meditating, pondering, asking questions. How free, how freeing is it that you can ask any question you want to ask without fear of retribution? In in religion, we didn't ask questions. We accepted what we were told. And if you ask questions or came with a new thought, you were generally told you're an heir. Uh, be careful. You're falling into uh, heresy. So you didn't ask a lot of questions. We're free to do that now. Absolutely. That's so good. And, and I mean, and it, the big questions and the small questions, you know, I asked, I asked the Lord, okay, which melon should I pick out? Because I don't want to tap every silly, you know, he cares about it. If you care about it, he cares about it. And that, that's part of this relationship that's, you know, that you can rest in that, yes. you know, you the big ones, the small ones, they're all good. He, he loves the engagement because that's what a relationship is. And you're looking to him in that. And that's, that's the joy of that. And, and I, and I, he, I, I just feel his pleasure as we journey and we are grappling with these things. He's like so proud of his kids. Um, and so he, and, and he is there to help keep us from error and things like that. Yeah. There, there is error, but guess yes. the one that, that leads us and guides us in all truth. If we're looking at the truth, that means we're pointing in the right direction. We're heading towards that. We're not falling off the cliff. And so, you, you know, yeah, sorry. You you really hit on something important, I think, is when you talk about thumping melons to get the right melon. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, this changes your prayer life. At least it did for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went for years where I felt like uh, I prayed one hour. First thing in the morning, we had a beautiful prayer room at church. And I would go there. I would stop at the donut shop, get a cup of coffee, go to the prayer room and pray for an hour. Uh, then I headed to the gym mm-hmm. and that was my prayer time. And if I missed that, I felt really bad. I felt guilty. But what I've discovered now is that my prayer life, I don't have a set prayer time. It's a running conversation all day long with the father. And when you're looking at the melons, you're asking, which help me pick one out here. Which one should I pick? Or which route should I take to that appointment? Uh, you know, Father, what do you think about this? Let's talk about this. I, here's what I'm seeing right now. Father, give me some feedback. Spirit of truth, I need you to guide me in this. So it it develops into much more of a, of a ongoing, continual relationship than it, than it does having a set prayer time that you feel guilty if you don't read your Bible and pray the first thing in the morning. You got to give him the best part of the day, and if you don't do that, shame on you. Your your whole day is going to be messed up, Absolutely. and we're there's freedom to get out of that. And this, that's what the grace message, the inclusion. I think that's what all it leads to is a relationship that is ongoing. It's it's relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets you right where you're at in every situation. You don't have to get uptight, get nervous. Uh, you know, the other day my air conditioner thermostat was reading air and it's 102 in Texas. So I don't want to be without air conditioning. It's a big deal. <laughs> I just talked to father about it. Say, what do I need to do? And he said, goes reset the breakers. And he told me some things new air conditioning came back on. Now there would have been a day that I really got nervous and upset about that. Okay. And what, okay. what the heck am I going to do now if my air conditioning goes out? 
But because you have that ongoing running relationship, the first thing that you think about is let's talk about this. Let, let's yeah. let's have some communication here. I know you know all things. I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, I know all things. Absolutely. So let's just Absolutely. touch base here. Yeah, and that's so I think that's a big freedom. And you hit that good when you talked about journey. Yeah, well, and I, you know, thank you. And I, I, what's also beautiful about that is that um, it, it allows space to go with whatever. So when you're practicing that with maybe silly things like melons, okay, or I'm um, air conditioning in Texas, that's not silly at all. That is, yeah. that is life threatening. <laughs> um, but when you practice that, when something really serious hits, you have had yes. capacity to um, just stop and and nobody panic. And okay, so Jesus, what what's up here? So it, it it gives you some resiliency, and it's practice. And you know, I think sometimes people are all get very intense about not being able to do it well or not being able to hear it. this. You just practice, and you get better and better. But yes. you're not perfect, and that's okay uh, because it's something that you know we we grow in, and it's part of the yes. joy of being a son and daughter, um, and that uh, and that our our daddy always already loves us. He's pre-pleased with us. He's pre-approved us, you know, and he's, I'm right here, you know, and, um, and, and that's, and I, I think it's important. So if you're developing in that, just be encouraged. This is, you know, yes. you're great at this because you've been practicing. I'm really good at this. I've been practicing. There was a time yes. when I was really horrible at it. And I was totally whining to God. I was like, everyone else hears you. And I don't hear you. I was really whining. It was funny. I was complaining. And it was so cute because Holy Spirit inside, you said, you know, honey, um, if you just quit whining about not hearing me, you probably hear me just fine. And Isn't I'm like, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it is amazing. You know, it's true. So relaxing actually helps a lot and we can afford to relax because actually God is relaxed. That was one of the more surprising things as I've gotten to know him. He's actually really relaxed. Like he, he's yes. not that he doesn't care. He knows horrible things are happening, but he's so masterful. He's got it all figured out. So we just get into that stream where we can, okay, it's going to be okay. One way or the other, it's going to be good. What, one of the things that what you're talking about really develops and what, what I've noticed it develops your sensitivity to his voice. Mm -hmm. When you have this running conversation all day long, it develops a sensitivity to his voice. Mm -hmm. uh, people tell me all the time, God doesn't talk to me. I don't hear God. Right. Well, Jesus right. said, his sheep hear his voice. Yeah. And you're saying yeah. you don't hear him, but he said his sheep hear his voice. So which is it? Do you not hear him or is he, is he pulling our leg? But, but you, it's, a, it's a development. It's a process that I found accelerates with this ongoing verbalization and conversation where you talk, you listen. And at first you may not hear anything, but I'm telling you, if you'll do this for a period of time, that sensitivity to the spirit of truth, when you see something that's not right, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. It just, it just rises up and you know it because you're sensitive to him and he has an open channel to speak to you because there's nothing in the way of your feeling like a failure or that you aren't worthy that inhibits that that connection. And that's what so many times inhibits that connection is our feelings of condemnation, guilt, yes. uh, we, yes. we, unworthiness. That breaks the connection. He's speaking, but we're not listening. Absolutely. And this will develop it. It will absolutely help people hear God's voice. And that's so true. And that's why theology really matters. 
uh, because what we believe really in our deepest parts of it, if we, we believe God's angry, if we believe that, you know, we're shameful or unworthy or condemned, um, or whatever that is, um, that, that puts up barriers for our spirit to connect with his spirit. He's always talking, you know, and so when people say God is silent, no, it's like, he always has stuff to say, or at least to minister to you about, maybe he's not saying it, maybe just wants you to feel his peace or just rest. It's going to be okay. That's the big revelation right there. (laughs) Um, but, um, but it's these things on our end that shut us down. So theology matters because if I I just want to cozy up to a God that is angry at me, that thinks I'm this horrible sinner, uh, that's ready to point out the next thing that I didn't even realize that I did wrong or that I I did wrong, but you know, um, it's not forgivable or whatever that is. Um, it's that, that, that interferes with relationship, which is why all of this matters so much. Yeah. Can I take this one more step? I wish you would. Well, what this is going to do, it's going to bring you into a place of union of oneness. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's what I call a seamless, oneness, seamless oneness where you really don't know where you stop and he starts oh. and he oh. starts and you stop. Yeah. Uh, I think it's another way of saying coming to the, what Paul said in Ephesians four, coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, yes. where you're yes. looking, you say, it's no longer I who live. It's Christ that lives mm-hmm. in me. So we've come along this journey. We're hearing him clearly. We're conversing mm-hmm. every day. We're free of guilt. We we're, mm-hmm. we're nowhere accepted. We're loved. So now my whole focus is this this union, this oneness that I'm experiencing with him. And Paul said that pastors and prophets, evangelists and teachers should be helping us come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But we have not done a good job with that. We've kept this. We've kept the message of separation of if you sin, God's angry. He's judicial. But when you break through into the things that you and I are talking about, there is a, a, a union that comes about and, and a oneness. Uh, and I think I think it's really triggered by, and the question comes in, how do we get there? We're, we're talking about some basics this morning <clears throat> about how we moved out of law and, and condemnation. Getting all, now we've got this running conversation going. We're starting to experience this oneness and what we're what we're really doing is we're moving from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we're beginning to move to the tree of life. And I see this happening worldwide. Amazing. The, the tree of law is always the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I lived there for years. Yeah. I would determine what was right, what seemed good, mm-hmm. and I would make a plan. Then I'd ask God to bless it. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. and, that's strictly the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when things didn't work out, I would say, God, what's going on? I asked you to help me, I asked you to bless it. And he right. would say, you know, basically I didn't hear him, but he would right. he would say, I've never had any part of that. Right. People get people get married that way. It seems logical, seems yes. right. Mm-hmm. Go to the same church, we're equally yoked together, the pastor says. So this this must be God. Yeah. And that's yeah. it's the wrong tree. So as as we start to develop this 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 union this oneness that comes through the relationship we're talking about, now all of a sudden we move over to the the tree of life yes. from yes. the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is you determining what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, what seems logical, uh, what seems to be the best. Uh, 
Uh-huh. You're the and judge. We, mm-hmm. Yes, we judge. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Eve did? I mean, it seemed good to become more like God. Right. That's a that's a good thing. But it was one too many O's. It wasn't God. It was good. Yes. But we move over to the tree of life. The tree of life is simply a tree of response. Yeah. How beautiful. What he says, you respond to. Mm-hmm. And you put your put yourself, and this is one of the things I, I'm 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 finding. I'm uh, it's happening. I put myself in neutral gear. I have no will. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus, I only do what I see the Father do only say what I hear the father say. So Jesus had to put himself in a position where he was open to hear what the father would say and to see what the father was doing, right. which says right. to me, as we've talked about, we have to have this ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not where I said an hour, hour and a half apart. It's where, where I'm going and I'm building this seamless union to where all of a sudden I'm one with him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the position that Jesus held mm-hmm. and said in John 14, 20, that in that day, you'll know mm-hmm. that I'm in the father and that you're in me and I'm in you. That's that's that union that Jesus was talking about. And it's coming today and people are beating a path from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life. Okay. It's, it's that is, That's one of the big revelations I think is breaking today is people leaving what they have depended on all of their life mm-hmm. to make decisions. Mm-hmm. What I'll, I'll share this with you. I used to do what I would call the Franklin close. And when I was a pastor, if I had to make a, a big decision, like building another part of a building or fellowship, I would get a, a legal pad like this. I'd draw a line down the middle. Mm-hmm. I'd put all the reasons on one side why I should, all the reasons on the other side why I shouldn't. And whichever one had the most points, that's what I would go with. And I'd say, Father, it looks like this is what we're going to do. So I'm asking you today to bless me, guide me, help me. And looking back, he's probably going, son, I was never in that. That's why you had financial difficulties. That's why you had money, trouble raising money for that. Right. And you got upset with the people because they wouldn't give. I was not even in that thing. And sometimes people get upset with God because listen, I did my part. God, you're not doing your part. It was like, I, you were operating as if you're separate from me. So there's yes. no, it, as you operate from this seamless union, it's already blessed. You don't need to ask a blessing, you know, yes. the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God, not by the pro con list. Not that you can't have a pro con list, but that list is here. Yes. Okay. Here's a pro con list. Jesus, what do you want to do with us? Yes, <laughs> and, absolutely. Right? And, you know, it just helps you navigate through things that you you do have a brain, but you submit that to God. And it was like, okay, so I've got 20 pros. I've got one con. Oh, but God, you're saying, yeah, we should do the con thing. Yes. (laughs) He trumps it all. And, you know, so this is um, being led by by his spirit. And then it will be blessed. It's intrinsic to it when we're, we're going the way the Lord is leading. Uh, and that takes a lot of pressure off. It really does. And all of this is coming out of what we were talking about, of developing this, this relationship mm-hmm. that is, is ongoing. <clears throat> it's really developing what I call a Christ consciousness yes. or a Christ yes. awareness. Mm-hmm. 
And there are times that I stop during the day and I'll just say, Father, I thank you that you're with me. I sense your presence. And maybe physically, I don't sense his presence. But in my spirit, I do sense his presence. So I'm not going with what seems right or what seems logical by what my outer man senses. I know that I know that I know that he's omnipresent. And so therefore, he's with me at all times. So I don't have to pray for him to come. Don't have to pray for his presence to manifest. Don't have to... We used to pray before the service. I'd get all the elders together. We'd go to the prayer and we'd pray, God, we just pray that this service would be full of your presence, that you'd come visit us today, that you'd be so pleased with what we're doing. And it's like he was way out there and we're here. Right. And here we're spiritual leaders in the church and we have no more connection than to try to get him to come from there to where we're at. No wonder the people never caught it. No wonder they never caught it because it was never demonstrated. Yeah. Yeah. What you and I are demonstrating today is is better caught than taught. They catch it. There's a there's a a spirit that emanates from you just when you walk into a room. You walk into a room, the atmosphere changes because of the presence that you carry that you have developed with this Christ consciousness that comes through this ongoing journey where you have a running conversation with him that has become so seamless you don't know. If you're talking or he's talking, right? Have you ever said something to somebody and you you go, "Wow, that was good." Where did that come? I from? know, right? It's true. It's like, "Wow, that was good." I hope someone wrote that down. <laughs> yes, 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 it does happen, right? Because we do have that mind of Christ, and our spirit's one with His spirit, and it is seamless. And I think. Um, and maybe some someone could take some of the verbiage when we say we're developing um, this union. It's kind of we're developing the sense of the union because the union is already there. It's already we're already one in Christ. So it's a right now reality. There's no loopholes, but we're growing in our awareness. We're we're developing yes. our ability to track with it. And and this is our yes. but it's already established because if I have to establish the union once again, then now it's back on me again. And we're, I'm in deep doo-doo because it's not, you know, anytime it's back on us, this is when we start to get into works. We start to get heavy. Yes. We start to get yes. fearful because we know we're like, I, I'm going to mess this up. It's like, well, I mean, that it's it, it's already been established, but we get to grow in it, grow in our awareness, our awakening, our Christ consciousness of this oneness that is a right now reality that is not something that we make true. It's something we awaken to as truth. Would you yes. say that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the more we can keep off of ourself, mm-hmm. the better it is. So there, there are scriptures like we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. So that that totally takes the love off of me that I have to love him. Yeah, I've got to you work know, it up somehow. Yes. Yeah. And God, do I love you enough? Let me just prove it to you. I'm going to sacrifice my kids or something, you know, something yes. that's messed up with that. But no, it's like you're you're so adored out of that place of his adoration. We love back. And so we're yes. able to one commandment he does, which which he says now to love as he loves by this. It's always yeah. it's always a response. The tree of life is always a response. And so when the pastor stands up Sunday morning and says, now, if you really love God, yeah. then you will be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. In fact, folks, let me just tell you this. If you come Sunday morning, you love the pastor. Mm-hmm. If you come uh, Sunday night, you love the church. 
But if you come Wednesday night, you really love the Lord. That, and all that of that is, is so manipulative. Oh isn't my that, that's so controlling. But it puts it back on us. I got to prove I love Jesus. So I better show up Wednesday night. Because if I don't, everybody's going to look at me. Right. And they're going to say that person really isn't committed. They're not dedicated. Yeah. And that's the, and then, and that leads into that accusation. And that's another thing about kind of this law. It's never enough. Cause if you go on Sunday, well, it's not enough. And you do Sunday night, if you do Sunday, it's never enough. And you need Wednesday. Oh, wow. Did I read my Bible enough? I should have read five chapters. No, I should have read six. It's yep. never enough yep. when it's under that because it's dependent on us. And so yes. it, is, it is a burden that crushes rather than the, the truth that frees. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part, that's part of why I think religion is having churches are having such a problem today. There is a grass. This whole thing is grassroots that's going on worldwide. This, I don't like to call it a grace movement. It's just a, it's just a father disclosing himself, revealing himself. But if you notice, there are no platform stars. Most everybody that's involved with this are no names. Now we got a little bit of name recognition among us, but we're all no names. Who knows me? Who knows you? Who knows? I mean, on the world stage, right. Francois de Toy writing a mirror Bible. People don't know him. They, yeah. they, they don't know any of us. And there's nobody that has really arisen that has put out a pedestal. And I like it because it is so grassroots. It is changing from the, the bottom up. It's and this is this is putting a force on religion that at some point they're going to have to make a decision. I I can't tell you how many pastors I got right now that communicate with me and and they say I love what you do I I know it's right I can't do that man I'll lose everything that I have worked for for the last thirty years so they're just in the closet with it yeah. now at some yeah. point they're gonna I remember the Sunday I stood before my church and I said look. I've been wrong about some things. I'm gonna I'm gonna begin to to clarify. I remember I remember walking years and years of the old cassette tapes, right? right. And see out to the dumpster, and just oh, got rid of them, got rid of them all. And it was a new day. And so there's this pressure that is coming from the grassroots up. And so when people hear your your podcast, when they hear that they get questions and they're going to their pastor and asking questions. Yeah. Well, you know what, you know what Catherine said, Catherine said this, and, and this is what scripture is. And this is what I feel in my heart. Why, why aren't we hearing this? Mm -hmm. So the pastor mm -hmm. then is in a conflict. Either he's going to have to begin to explore what the person says and it's resonating in him. Yeah. There's and something there. Just, it is, it's also resonating in him. Right. We just get exactly. active of our ministry, of our source of income, or just our way of looking at life. It gets, it, it gets, you know, it's 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 a shaking. Like, what is true? What's really not true? What's based on the rock? What's based on sand? And yes. you know, and and I and 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 that it's scary, but it's freeing. It's yes. it's authentic. It's actually what God is doing with his church, which is not a service, which is not right. a thing, which is his beloved kids. Yeah. Yes, it is. There there is a new ecclesia arising. I can see it. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna continue to create waves. You know, I think probably the religious system today is headed toward the Jewish system at 70 AD. Mm -hmm. I mean, 70 
AD, the temple was destroyed, the sacrificial system was gone, and it was done like that. It it was it was a quick work, and I think God's gonna is doing a quick work today. Uh, church attendance is the lowest it's ever been in America. Fewer uh, percentage of people identify with a particular religion or denomination. So the the whole thing is like is like turning, and at some point it'll reach a tipping point. Mm-hmm. And when it reaches the tipping point, uh, which is where we're going today with the things we're talking about, it's, it's strengthening people's spiritual life is arising. It's going to cause a t- tripping point to where they're not going to fear going to the movies. They know they're not going to be judged if they have trouble quit smoking. All this other stuff that they've been con- condemned over is meaningless. And, and and they're 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 gonna gonna leave all that. Um, I want to get back to the seamless union, please. please. <laughs> because please. I, I I see something kind of arising that I I, I think we need to be careful of, mm-hmm. and that is that the union and the seamless union is is absolutely true, but it is with distinction. Oh, In yeah. other words, we're not a. I am not. I am not Christ. No. All right. So there's always. It's a, a union with distinction. Yes. And I think that's extremely important because I, I see people kind of gravitating like I am I am God. Uh, I am the Christ. Uh, there's just some things going on like that that I think we, we need to understand that we don't lose our individuality. Well, within the Trinity, yes. within the Father, yes. the Son, the Holy Spirit, there's distinction. Yes. Exactly. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And I, I think, I think the distinction is difference of function. Yes. Now, I am one yes. spirit with the Lord. I'm one spirit with the Lord. But my function is different than what His is. Mm-hmm. I have, I have the same anointing. I have an anointing. First John two, twenty and twenty seven says, "I have an anointing. I know all things." Okay, good. Uh, they that are joined to the Lord are one spirit with the Lord. Understand it. But my function is different. I'm never going to have his, I'm never going to create a planet. I'm never, my measure of, Paul calls it a measure of rule. My measure of rule is, is different. My assignment is different. And I think that we have to put that message out there because what I'm seeing is people are not making any distinction. Yeah. No, that's have so you noticed that? No, I totally have. So, I mean, this is kind of where you can slip off into error because yes. because no no we didn't create ourselves and you're right, right. our metron our area of influence is not got the same as god's but we're in that with god we have that we're sons and daughters we're little g gods he's the big g god yes. well, let's not get confused we're not god and if, exactly. we're, if we're god we're in deep doo-doo because you know we're like if this is as good as it gets we're in deep trouble but we're not but we are sons and daughters of god in this union but in the spirit you'll be able to recognize me as Catherine. I, I'll be able to recognize you as Dawn. We are one yes. in the spirit. Yes. Father, son, and spirit are one, but they do have different modes of operating, different personalities that as you grow in that, you can, oh, that's father, that's Jesus, that's Holy Spirit, but they're all love, they're all truth, all of that, all light, all life, all of that. Um, But no, that's really important because then once again, then it's falling back on us again. And we're not acting as sons and daughters in dependency because we're not the source. Uh, God yes. is the source, but we're conduits said we're one with the source and he moves through us, but we're not God. And we just have to be just clear where 
where we fit in all things. And that's where the grace is. That's where the rest is. Um, and then it's also yes. kind of a humility in the sense of, I didn't create myself. I am not going to come up with this great plan. Uh, Holy Spirit, what, what is the plan? <laughs> Clue me in. <laughs> and, you know, we can engage that way. So thank you for, that is so good because I have seen that ditch. Mm-hmm. E- even, even within the Trinity, the son said, I don't do anything in myself. He said, the father's greater than I am. And, and then the Holy Spirit says, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit does nothing of himself. He, he only delivers from mine and gives to you. So I, I see, I see a, um, I see within even the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is a, a distinction by operation mm-hmm. and they know their place within the plan and they don't come out of it. So for me, I'm learning my place within the plan and I don't have to try to be something I'm not. I don't have to try to call myself something to exaggerate my opinion of my position. I can just happily fulfill whatever my function is to the best of the ability that he gives me to do it and not feel that I'm I'm failing or falling short any more than the Holy Spirit falls short and only bringing what Jesus says to us or Jesus saying, I only say what the Father says. I mean, Jesus could be offended. He could say, look, I'm as much God as the Father, but he kept himself in that position and he fulfilled that role and functioned in it. And I think we need to recognize that I am not the creator of the universe. I am not Jesus the Christ. I am, you know, I I am me. I do have a, I do have a partaking of the divine nature. I am one spirit with him. Uh, I am hidden with Christ in God. We are in union together. That circle dance, the perichoresis, where the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are moving. They've opened up and joined hands with me. And I'm part of that circle now. But I know my place. I know my position. I know my calling. And I know who I am. And I don't have to try to be more than what has been allotted to me. And that's where I function. And if we would all function, we'd be the body of Christ. Yeah, I'm the arm. Yeah. I'll never be the head. The head yeah. is not my portion. Right. I'm a leg right. or an arm, right? Exactly. So I think exactly. I think that in our development, that's just important to keep in mind because as we talk about seamless union and uh, all that kind of stuff, it's easy to just get so blended and merged in that you think I'm I'm that I'm him. No, you're not. Yeah. You. That he is designed. Really true. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's no life on that because the head flow, the, the, the life flows from the head. So as we're operating as the arm or the elbow or whatever we're operating as, that's where yeah. our source is. But when we disconnect, yes. it's like disconnecting from the vine, right? What do, what do you yes. do? You, you dry up, you wither. Well, just get your little self back connected. You know, it's in this, in this um, experiential realm, uh, back to the one who is the source you know, as you remain in me and me and you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So just let's let's not let's remember this union so we're not apart, but remember he's the source. So we don't yes. get Yeah. That's so good. Thank the, you for doing that. Cause we we can go. I've seen people just totally go in that ditch. I'm like, oh, that's not gonna yeah. bear good fruit. Yeah. 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 So good. Thank you. That that's I, I just see some of that running about. Yeah, the, the vine is always the vine, the branch is always the branch. The vine is the source and the branch produces the fruit. So what I see my function is is to produce the fruit 
-hmm. that the vine feeds, he feeds me all the nutrients, feeds me the knowledge, the understanding, the revelation, then my job is just to bear the fruit of what he pumps to me. And that's why I stay in constant communion and fellowship with him is to get all that I can get uh, so that I can bear fruit. Most, I think the most valuable time we can spend is in meditation and pondering and just being open to what he's saying to us. I think that's how he pipes it to us. Uh, And that's, to me, that has become the function of my Bible. I love my Bible. I'm not one that has thrown it in the trash can. I don't believe it's inerrant. I I believe it was written by men. I believe Old Testament, they were looking through a glass very darkly. But my Bible, to me, is a springboard for meditation and pondering so that the spirit of truth can show me what I've never seen before. Beautiful. That's why I look at scripture. I go, I never saw. Why didn't I see that? It's because now he's opened my eyes. And so that's a that's a, a source of revelation that I ponder on. I've learned a lot from Malcolm Smith about meditation. He's a great meditator. He gets everything he does by meditation. And uh, that's a great source for me. So I find it's a big drink of water. Excuse me. It is. It's. It's amazing, and it just needs to be handled rightly. Yes, um, and and, uh, and the fruit will be there. If 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 there's fruit that's happening that you don't like, that doesn't feel like life, light, truth. Um, yes. Um, well, we're we're feeding off of the wrong source. So you know, yes. you, you'll know them by our fruit. So we, as 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 we're operating in the right way, the fruit just comes when something's healthy. It's- it just comes. You don't have to squeeze yep. out. You're not using the fruit to uh, prop up an identity. Uh, you're already the branch. You're already connected. You're already adored. You're already all that in a bag of chips because he said so. That's how he created you. Fruit will come. It's just an expression of that. Uh, and so we can, you know, uh, see, wow, that's not, that's, that's bringing fear. Okay. So that's bringing the fruit of fear. So what was, what was I, what was I connecting to? That was from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yes. that brought fear. Right? Yeah. You, you never see an apple tree straining. You never see a peach <laughs> yeah. tree straining or a grapevine. They just, it, they just naturally produce what they are. Yeah. And all, all I have to do is stay connected to the, to the vine. Yeah. And for me, that's the seamless union. Because when I look at a when I look at a grapevine, it's hard to tell where the branch ends and the vine starts. It's like right. they're all connected. But yeah. I can tell by where the fruit is. That's on the that's on the that's on the vine. Right. And uh, right. that's what I look at me. I'm I'm seamlessly joined to him. There's no separation whatsoever. But what you can tell. Uh, where I start is where the fruit comes. So if I'm bearing some fruit, you know, I'm connected to the source. You are. And the fruit is so apparent. We're grateful for the fruit because we, uh, there's so many people that, I mean, I've heard so many people uh, where you have changed their life. Just what what you've allowed the Lord to do through you has been life-changing and life-giving. And you've been an incredible, incredible blessing and encouragement to me. So I, I am so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For everything <laughs> you're doing. So, well, I, it's just the father working. That's all. And, uh, it's a great journey and it's better and better. And I'm meeting so many great people. I mean, I've never connected with you, but it's like, we start talking. It's like, we've known each other all our life and it's, it's just a spirit to spirit thing. 
You know, it cuts across the age, nationality, backgrounds, it cuts across everything because we're tapped into the same source and we're, we're producing the same fruit. And that's what's, that's what I love about this journey is getting connected to people. Whoever thought we, that this, whoever thought you'd be ministering to people in other countries, I know. You know, did you ever think you'd be carried to Europe as, or South America or Africa? You never thought, but people yeah. do because of social media, we're hooked up all over the place. And we're, and it's and it's like this natural connection that takes place. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's and so beautiful. that's what I think is the ins- inspiring part of the whole message. So it's yeah. been good to be with yeah. you. Wow. Well, thank you. It is, boy, the time is whizzed by what happened to the time. <laughs> well, I hope I can convince you to come back sometime. And I just want to absolutely thank you so much. It's been just an utter joy. Where do, where do people uh, connect with you, find out about Go- Global Grace Seminary and all that? Well, uh, for me personally, of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm just about tapped out on, I'm, I am continually tapped out on friends. Uh, I do have a private group called Don Keithley Ministries that if you are on social media and you want to come over, it's a private group. And I, I made it private on purpose so that what is talk, I want people to feel free to express themselves without being harassed or jumped on by religious people. So it's a private page. We have about 6,800 people on that ministry page. So uh, most are silent. They're just observing, but that's good. Uh, Wednesday night on that page, I do what I call the secret place. It starts at six o'clock central time and we go about 45 minutes. Then on Sunday morning, I have the digital cathedral and you can connect to the digital cathedral. If you just go to my website, donkeithley.com, donkeithley.com, and you'll see a little click for live at 10 a.m. Central. You can click on there and we do a teaching on the digital cathedral. Uh, Global Grace Seminaries, just globalgraceseminary.net, take you right to the website, explain everything that we have at the school. Uh, from You can select courses or you can start a degree program. It's all accredited. We're an accredited seminary, so uh, it's, a, it's a good opportunity. If, 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 the, if Global Grace had been there when I got this message, I would have enrolled. I don't, I don't need another degree. I have a PhD, don't need another degree, but I would have enrolled just to have the information concentrated in one place with the best grace teachers on the planet at Global Grace Seminary. Yeah, the lineup so, for uh, the teachers are like, wow, what a lineup. That is just such, yeah, such treasure there. It's, a, so. it's amazing. So those are kind of where I function. Digital yeah. Cathedral Sunday, Secret Place Wednesday night. And I do a lot of posting on Facebook and interactions. So I love all that. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, everyone find, find uh, Global Grace, uh, find the digital, I'll, I'll put all the um, the websites and I'm saying, them, <laughs> so I'll just stop, but I'll, I will copy and paste them. So they're exactly what they need to be. Um, but Thank this you. Is treasure. Yeah, this is treasure and share this. Someone needs to hear this today. And I appreciate everybody watching. Thanks again, Don, for Thank you. Sharing your valuable time and your font of experience and <laughs> knowledge and revelation. It's beautiful. So I appreciate it and appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was good to be here and yeah. finally connect. We did it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a fabulous day. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.